Hello and welcome back to the Gold Podcast. I'm Helena Beer, the editor of Gold, and I'm pleased to be joined by my co-host and the assistant editor of Gold, Isabel O'Brien. How are you? How's your week been? Hello. Yes, I'm good. It has been a wet and rainy week here in London, but I also had the chance to head back and see my parents for a couple of days. So that was a very lovely end to my week. How was yours? That really does sound lovely. I'm not so great about the rain, though. I'd been in the office for a total of about three minutes this morning and had already had two separate conversations about the weather. Suffice <laughs> to say, it is a tad on the wet side. Um, but yes, I'm very well. Um, last week was my first full week back in a little while, so it was great to see everyone and get back into the swing of things. Um, and then I spent the weekend with my baby niece. She's just over three months old, so it was lovely to get in some cuddles and see all the, the smiles and giggles that she started doing uh, since I last saw her so that was lovely too. Certainly sounds it and of course we could not go today without mentioning that the World Cup has kicked off this week. Are you looking forward to it Helena? Uh, I am, yes. I am one of those football fans who doesn't really care for the majority of the time and then a big competition comes around um, and I do uh, like to uh keep up with it all are you going to be watching the match obviously we're recording this uh before england's first game on monday i certainly will be i have to say i don't actually know who it's who it's against um, (laughs) at the moment but i will be finding that out and i will be tuning in absolutely anyway football aside um what do we have coming up on the podcast this week isabel Yes, so today we are going to be sharing an interview that I did with Sylvia Taylor, who is the Executive Vice President and Chief Communications Officer at the vaccine company Novavax. Indeed we are. So Sylvia is a passionate marketer and communicator who has had an extensive career in pharma, beginning at Pfizer over 20 years ago and joining Novavax in 2020. Uh, Very good timing at the start of a pandemic. That is right. Uh, Sylvia is driven by a desire to engage the world with the wonder of science. This is something she touches on in the interview and has a firm focus on improving vaccine access and hesitancy as well. So a very interesting woman with some fascinating perspectives. So do stay tuned for that. Uh, Yeah, great. All that to look forward to. But first, let's take a look at a couple of news stories from the last week in news you might have missed. So Isabel, what's a story that caught your eye from this past week? So something that I was interested to come across was a report on the pharma industry's efforts to reduce their impact on the environment. There's a lot being published about this, of Mm. course, because of COP27. Commissioned by the ABPI, the report detailed that while pharma companies are moving quickly to reduce their environmental impact and obviously are making some progress, there are multiple challenges facing their efforts and global action is really required so they can meet these net zero targets they've set themselves. Yes, I saw that too. And there have been so many press releases coming through recently about all of the positive things that pharma is doing. Um, But the report actually highlighted that 12 to 35% of all carbon emissions emitted by the UK health service sector can be attributed to the pharma industry, but that 70 to 90% of these emissions are reportedly outside of pharma's direct control, so can be quite tricky to influence. Um, And so the report recommends, therefore, that uh, the industry works with governments and health systems to tackle sustainability bottlenecks. Um, with the industry urged to include sustainability metrics and investments in product-level lifecycle assessments. Yes, there are a number of other recommendations as well, but I think that is the most important one to note for the industry. Mm, Definitely. What caught your eye this week then, Helena? 
Well, it's timely that this news broke as we're talking to Sylvia about access. Um, but for me, the news that caught my eye was the release of the latest Access to Medicine Index by the Access to Medicine Foundation. So I'm sure most of our listeners will be familiar with this. But if you're not, um, the study analyzes how the top pharma companies are driving equitable access to their medicines. And the 2022 report had some very good news for the industry, revealing that 77% of the R&D projects nearing the end of their pipelines now have a plan in place to promote access after launch and this is up 40 percent from 2021 so really impressive progress there yeah absolutely fantastic to see those numbers and it also detailed that for the first time since the index's inception all 20 companies that were measured reported having access to medicine strategies and 19 of these had integrated these into their overall corporate planning And that is the goal. That is the place that the Access to Medicine Index has really been wanting these companies to get to. So, yeah, very positive news. It is, yeah, incredibly heartening to hear um, all that hard work is uh, paying off. Um, And yes, we really enjoyed hearing the CEO of the Access to Medicine Foundation, Jayashiri Ayer, speak at the recent FT Live Global Pharma and Biotech Summit too. But be sure to check out the other findings in that report if you haven't already. We'll leave um, a link in the show notes. Now it's time for our interview with Sylvia Taylor, the Executive Vice President and Chief Communications Officer at Novavax. So first of all, quick caveat, I recorded this while still a little under the weather, so I wasn't able to be in the studio. So I do apologise for my sound being slightly different this week, but I certainly don't think it detracts from the great insights Sylvia is going to share with you today. Oh, it certainly doesn't. Um, so in the conversation, Sylvia takes us through a number of fascinating topics, including behind the scenes of what it was like to join a vaccine company at the height of the pandemic, um, as well as insights into what she believes makes fantastic customer and patient engagements, among many other subjects, of course. So let's take a listen. So Sylvia Taylor Executive Vice President and Chief Communications Officer at Novavax. Welcome to the podcast. It is lovely to have you on. How are you doing today? Thank you, Isabel. It is great to be on and I am terrific today. Wonderful. I'm also good. It's a very sunny day in London. I hope it's lovely where you are too. Same here. After a foggy start, it's actually a beautiful fall Friday. Well, that bodes well for this interview today then. So where to begin? I read something on your LinkedIn that said you were a marketer at heart. So I wanted to ask, first of all, what drew you to this marketing career path that you are in? And then after that, what made you want to specialise in pharmaceutical marketing and comms in particular? It's so funny, Isabel, that um, you point to that line because when I wrote it, it just kind of was was top of mind. And so many people have asked me about that. What what does that really mean? So, you know, as, as a marketer at heart, I think that I'm always in a position of bringing products, services or ideas to the people who need them most. Um, and in my current position, that means essentially making sure people understand who Novavax is and what we do. And it's very similar to when I was on the commercial side of our business, where I needed to educate 
patients or physicians or payers or other stakeholders about our products and services and match that to what they needed um, for for themselves or for uh, their stakeholders. And so, you know, I approach everything that I do with the what does the customer need? What is the end um, user and audience of what I'm working on need to know and understand about our company or our products? And, and that's really how I approach my job. You know, one of the things that I will say is that, ironically, I never had much of an interest in science. You know, I took it, I did well in it, um, and I actually kind of almost curiously developed a passion for making scientific information understandable and accessible to people, because if I could make myself understand it, I could make other people understand it. And I've actually spent almost my entire career, uh, over 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry, doing just that, helping people to understand what we do, understand health conditions, understand our industry, and understand the products, or in our case, vaccines, that can help people live a, a better life. That is a really interesting perspective. I've spoken to a lot of people and asked them this question, and I've never had that before. So thanks, Sylvia. Yeah, that's fascinating. So you joined Novavax in 2020 as their Senior Vice President of Global Corporate Affairs and Investor Relations. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this was the time of peak pandemic. Um, What motivated you to join the company at this time? You know, Isabel, it's almost what didn't motivate me. Mm. You know, as soon as I found out that this opportunity existed at Novavax, I absolutely leapt out it, leapt out it um, for a variety of reasons. First of all, as you said, it was May of 2020 when I was talking to the company about joining and the pandemic was at its height and people were concerned and nervous and looking for um, information and things that would protect society. And I had some relationships with people I used to work with. I had worked at a company uh, prior um, that was specializing in infectious disease. And so I knew some of the people at Novavax and they reached out and said, you know, we need uh, some help in managing the intense public interest in our company and sharing the information about what we're doing with the world. You know, this was a company that was uh, preparing to um, create vaccines for infectious diseases and be ready um, for global emergencies such as the pandemic, but had not yet really left on the world stage. Novavax was kind of behind the scenes, quietly doing what it was doing. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And this company was one of very few that was in development for a vaccine that could literally save the world. I cannot imagine anything more motivating in what I do than the opportunity to help and serve and make sure that people know about their options and understand um, the the, uh, disease or the public health emergency facing the world. Mm, Absolutely. So I think we're going to talk a little bit more about the importance of great communication, but I want to talk... Mm -hmm about the vaccine specifically right Mm -hmm. now. So the Novavax COVID-19 vaccine was approved earlier this year, making it the fourth vaccine to be authorised in the US for COVID. So I wanted to ask, from your perspective, as Chief Communications Officer, what considerations are there? 
when a vaccine is the fourth to be approved for a disease rather than one of the first? So it's an interesting question, Isabel, because um, you're saying we're the fourth uh, vaccine to be approved. And the way we look at it is we're the first protein-based vaccine um, for COVID-19 to be approved around the world. So in our space, in our category, um, you know, we found during the pandemic that people are more aware than they ever have been about how vaccines work. And so the fact that we are the first protein-based vaccine authorized in many markets around the world, um, we think made it made it very significant. So it's about really accentuating those unique properties of the vaccine when it comes to talking about it in the market and such. I think so. You know, making sure that people really understand how our vaccine can how it how it works and feel confident in taking it. You know, one of the things I always point out about vaccines, and that's a, a way that you know vaccines are different from other medicines or pharmaceutical products. Is vaccines are given to people who are well to prevent serious illness, disease, and and in the case of COVID nineteen, death. And so the burden of evidence to convince people to take it. You know, you're you're asking people to take a vaccine when hopefully they are feeling well to prevent something that they perhaps don't have a sense of what it's going to be like. And so communicating to people, you know, why you should take a vaccine and then give people the confidence in that vaccine um, is uh, tremendously important. And one of the things that's been really unique in the pandemic is that the company name is the product name. And so the, the vaccine has a trade name. Um, in, in certain markets, we're able to use that trade name. It's Nevaxavid. But what we find is that people are really referring to it as the Novavax vaccine. So there's not only the need to educate both consumers who would take the vaccine, health healthcare providers who would recommend it and administer it, governments who would purchase it, about um, what our vaccine's um, attributes are in terms of its efficacy, its safety, its storage, and you know refrigeration, st- uh, refrigerator-stable properties. Um, but then to make sure that people understand also who Novavax is and they can have the confidence in the product that we're delivering to the market. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think attached to awareness ultimately is access. And I want to talk to you now about how diversified vaccine options, having multiple different candidates for people to choose from is important. So mm-hmm. how do you think these options can bridge some of the global access gaps in vaccinations for COVID-19 we're seeing? Well, all of our research shows that if people are aware of the choices that they have, that can ultimately help drive vaccination rates. We find that over and over that having an access to a diversified portfolio of vaccines can help keep vaccination rates, you know, climbing. And I think, you know, now we're in a situation where um, varying that vaccination rates vary around the world. And you do have um, pockets of people around the world who remain unvaccinated, as in they've never received a COVID-19 vaccine, or they're under vaccinated. They haven't completed their primary regimen 
or their boosting regimen. And so what we find is that, you know, if people know about the diversity of options that they have available to them, that can help drive vaccination rates. So we think that's incredibly important. You know, and for that, it's about following the science. You know, I've talked about some of the, you know, aspects of our vaccine and how we help the public and providers and governments understand the specific attributes of it. You know, we're in a we're in a time in the pandemic where we have COVID-19 fatigue, but at the same time, the pandemic, as much as we would like it to go away, isn't going away. And we have new variants that are popping up all of the time. And so for us, what the imperative is, is to make sure that people understand the science behind our vaccine. And what we're seeing is that our vaccine um, can offer some uh, differences in terms of having a breadth of immune response to the variants that are circulating, um, no matter what they are, and have um, durability of protection. So that means once you take a vaccine, the effect of the vaccine, the protection it gives you, can last for a certain amount of time. So we think that if people understand these attributes of vaccines and our vaccine in particular, it will help to bridge the gap you're talking about in terms of access to vaccination, because people will advocate for having choices and getting themselves vaccinated. And ultimately, we think that's extremely important. Yeah, I think I think that makes total sense. There's no point having a diverse range of vaccines if people don't understand the differences between those vaccines. And of course, there's a number of supply chain issues as well that can be resolved if there are multiple multiple candidates. So I think, yeah, many positives on that front for sure. I agree. Now, creating access to vaccines, hugely important. Um, a key way that this is done, as you've touched on, is through clear and engaging communication, whether that be with customers, healthcare professionals, or indeed patients themselves. So something I found very interesting, I heard it at a conference a couple of months ago, was the power of storytelling and how we use storytelling a lot in our regular lives, but maybe not so much at work. So how powerful can storytelling be in your role in, in this instance? You know, Isabel, I think it can be, I think storytelling can be very powerful. And essentially what that means is painting a picture for people of what uh, their, their um, the health situation they're facing in this case, COVID-19, and helping them understand how they can protect themselves. And, you know, unfortunately, what we have in a pandemic is is kind of fear of getting ill. And I think helping people understand that you can you can mitigate that fear, you can prevent serious illness, um, you you know why you need to get vaccinated, we find is is really, really important. And so reaching people in a variety of ways through a variety of, of messengers becomes extremely important. So so what does that look like? You know, we find in a situation of a public health crisis, uh, such as the COVID-19 pandemic, that you have to communicate through a variety 
of stakeholders to reach the general population. So what that means is working with community leaders, working with um, faith-based organizations, working with all sorts of companies um, and, and places where people gather to get the message out. And ultimately, you know, when you're talking about vaccines, you often have to combat some misinformation or disinformation that's put out there. So it's really, really important to use all the vehicles that we have to reach people where they are and um, make sure they have the information that they need to make the best decision for themselves and their families. Very good. Now, you talk very passionately about your drive for working in the industry to make a difference in patients' lives, change outcomes. They're all very reasonable reasons to work in a profession, but the pharma industry doesn't always have the most favourable reputation with the general public. So given your experience and expertise in communications, if this was your task to change the industry's reputation in the eyes of the public, how would you approach that? What are your thoughts? You know, I, I do think actually, Isabel, it's the task of everyone in the pharmaceutical industry to, um, in the biopharmaceutical industry, I, sh- I should say, um, to um, tell the story of the value that we deliver to to society, you know, to the world. Um, I think it's extremely important for all of us to be convincing people of the value of, in our case, um, prevention and the value of vaccines and how they can get people back uh, back to, to their lives. You know, Novavax is a company, um, it's a biotech company with a sole focus on um, vaccines to prevent diseases. And so we're really talking about health and wellness and um, making sure that people understand that vaccines are one of the most effective ways to keep people healthy. So that's the that's the message that we're always um, driving, and we look to find you know credible, respected voices um, in our space to help us tell that story. And what are some of the responses you typically get? What are the concerns that the general public have that you're sort of targeting in particular? I think misinformation about um, vaccines is something that I think holds people back from getting the information that they need to make the best choice for themselves and their families. And so I think um, for us, it really is about making sure people understand the value of what we can deliver. You know, one of the things that, that I'm really proud of um, is that Novavax created our vaccine in just a couple of years. It normally takes eight to 10 years to develop a vaccine. We did it in really record time, along with a handful of other companies in our space who were able to get a vaccine solution out to the world in record time. You know, the flip side of that is that then people may have some skepticism or mistrust about did you skip any steps? Did you cut any corners? You know, is this vaccine really safe for me and my loved ones to take? And so we spend a lot of time educating people about the process behind how we got our vaccine, where we got it, and how Novavax is a company that has expertise in um, development of vaccines for serious infectious diseases, and that therefore people can trust it. So you touch on Novavax there. Um, I want to chat a little bit about workplace environment. I know workplace culture is something that is also quite important to you personally. Yes. So 
what would you say are the red flags and green flags of company culture? So I think um, for us, the, um, you know, one of the things I'm extremely proud of at Novavax is that we create a culture that is mission-driven and purpose-driven. And what that means is we attract people who want to help, um, in the case of the pandemic, save the world, and long-term really help people prevent um, serious diseases that vaccines can help um, combat. And so what that means is an environment of really talented, smart, and motivated people who have diverse perspectives. And I think Novavax is a place where diversity is really, really valued. I think, you know, speaking from my own experience, I'm, I'm a woman in leadership. Um, I'm also foreign born. I was born in Argentina. And so I am really proud to be able to be an example of a company that values diversity of background, diversity of experience and diversity of thought to ensure that we're able to move to move our mission forward. So I think for me that that is something critical for all organizations um, to to embrace. A green flag for Novavax then. Very good. Um, and finally, we always like to end on a more personal reflection, Sylvia. Um, so if you could look back on your career so far at your younger self, what advice would you give her? I think maybe to relax, Isabel. <laughs> I've always had um, a sense of, of passion and purpose uh, behind what I do and um, have always had kind of a, a level of impatience that's um, propelled me forward and given me access to some incredible opportunities throughout my career. I've worked at some of the, the, the best known um, companies in our space and now have the privilege of working for, for Novavax, who has played such a, a key role in the pandemic. You know, I think um, the, the need um, to, to keep being bold, you know, to, to trust your instincts, be bold, you know, don't worry about um, about taking chances. I think trusting your intuition as you navigate um, your career is something that I've tried to do. Um, I've honed that over time. And if I could go back to my 22-year-old self and just impart that wisdom um, immediately, I think um, that would have been, um, I think that would have been something that, uh, you know, my younger self would have benefited from. But what I do at this point in my in my life, in my career, is take the benefit of that knowledge and um, help mentor and advise people who are younger in, uh, in their career. And so I think, you know, I tell my young self what I tell all people that I coach and mentor, don't be afraid to ask for, for leadership, for guidance, for sponsorship because you'd be amazed at how many people will jump at the chance to help you and lift you up to where they have been able to get to in their careers. Well, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but also really encouraging to hear how Sylvia is sharing her experience of rising through the ranks in pharma with that next generation of leaders. Yes, as an industry, pharma seems to be particularly adept with creating mentorship and sponsorship pathways for its younger recruits. After all, and as Sylvia accentuates in that interview, much can be achieved through the power of communication, and this example is no different. Well, I'm afraid that is all we have time for this week. Thank you so much to Sylvia for joining us on the show and to you for listening. 
We'll be back next week with another exciting episode, but until then, a little reminder to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. And with that, we'll say goodbye for now. See you next week.